Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of the Kingsmith Podcast. King Smith! Uh, with your hosts, Zach King and... Nathan Smith! Uh, let's see, a bit of news today. Yeah. Um, me and Nathan are officially roommates. We are roommates. <laughs> so, you know, we've been busy with that. Um, I know we had a double upload this last Sunday. Yeah, uh, I screwed up. Oh, you didn't screw up. Well, it was the Wi-Fi, but, you know. It's partially because of Wi-Fi and partially because it was Easter and we wanted to do that. So Pretty much. I hope you all enjoyed that. There we go. I just threw something away. Yep. Uh, yeah. Alright. Um, We're getting jovular today, aren't we? Yep. We are returning to our study of the book of Job. Amen, sister. I'm not your sister. I know. I just said it because I felt like it. Alright, so uh, a bit of recap for y'all. Um, mm-hmm. Last time we were on Job, we were uh, uh, we were studying his uh, we were trying, studying the first two chapters. Yes. And um, it goes through, you know, Satan basically inciting God into into doing things against Joe for no reason. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, dipped our toes into chapter three, uh, with which was Joe starting to lament the day he was born, which yes. was a bad day. So, what do you say, Nathan? Should we hop back in? I say we should. All right. So. Oh, boy. Y'all keep in mind that Job has been through a lot. Oh yeah, he got he he got screwed, but also yeah. he earned it. Well, did he though? Mm, I think so. You think you think Job earned everything? He he got. I think I think there was a reason why it happened. Yes, there was a reason why it happened. Yes. But the uh, it's not the reason that Job or his friends thought. Let's have, let's say that. Right. Okay, so we get into Job three, and Job is lamenting his birth. He's saying, "Why am I here? I let the day perish on which I was born." And he, like he want he doesn't want to be here. Okay, guys. Oh, like, this guy is done. Chapter three, verse eleven. Yeah. Why was I not stillborn? Why didn't I die as I came out from the womb? So Job is basically... Job's asking some questions. Yes. Um, and this is where Job starts to slide downhill. I won't say he completely like, goes off the deep end, but... He gets... He starts to slide. He starts he, to slide. He ain't, he ain't there yet, though. Right. Um, Eliphaz starts speaking. Eliphaz... Uh, so Job's got three friends, okay, uh, and the three friends, it, with the things that they say to Job, isolated, are actually pretty theologically sound. Right. For the most part. For the most part. Not everything, but for the most part. But the way that they got to those conclusions, based off of Job's state, is incorrect. Right. Um, so basically, most of the book of Job is this like great 
theological debate between Job and his friends, where mm-hmm. his friends are basically saying the only people who are the only people who suffer are the unjust. The only people who get bad things done to them are yeah. the wicked. So that therefore, Job, what did you do to incite the wrath of God, or to rouse God into right. anger against you? Because remember, y'all, Job, Job and his friends sat in an ash pile for a week. Yeah, they sat there and said nothing, and they should have kept saying nothing. You, you want to know something, Nathan? Yes. I bet you Job was still scraping at the boils on his skin during that week oh, as, his, yeah. as his friends were uh, sitting there. There's no way he wasn't. Right. Let's get into it. So, Eliphaz's argument here is basically, uh, Job 4.17, Can mankind be just before God? Can a man be pure before his maker? Okay, well, what's the answer? No. No. Obviously not. Uh, He puts no trust in his servants. Okay. Honestly, the things he says, Eliphaz objectively here is pretty much correct. Um... Except, you look at verse 7, Remember now, whoever perished being innocent, or were the upright destroyed, according to what I've seen, those who plow iniquity, and those who sow trouble, harvest it. Okay, this is starting to infer where he's going, but it's not totally... I, I mean... He's not wrong yet, but you can kind of see where he's going. Right. Uh, Then you get into verse 5, chapter 5, sorry. It says, Call now, is there anyone who will answer you? And to which of the holy ones will you turn? Uh, You just keep going, and then you get to chapter 6. Job says, All that my grief were actually weighed and laid in the balances together with my calamity. Job's asking for people to understand him. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Yeah. Job is asking for people to understand him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's it gets... This stuff is dense, y'all. No, we have to remember, we have to keep in context that the first two chapters of Job, Job knew nothing about. Right. He didn't know what was happening. He didn't know that Satan was wandering to and fro from the earth and that God said, eh, have you considered my servant Job? Job had no idea. So for all of what's happening here to Job, it's just a surprise, okay? Yeah. It's and, a surprise to him. And we should also say that his friends know nothing about these these conversations between God and Satan either. So, yeah. you know, it, it, this, the central point of this debate is between Job and his three friends. And Eliphaz hasn't uh, shown up yet. Uh, Eliphaz is basically saying the innocent people are right. And he's inferring that Job is not innocent. Right. Is kind of what's happening El- here. Yeah. Elihu, I meant to say, 
it hasn't shown up yet or... Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't shown up yet or is here and being totally silent, which, good on him. He's actually, like... Dude, Elihu is my guy. I'm just saying. Yeah. So, but but the debate between Job and his three friends, the central point of it is his three friends are either inferring or actually like legit calling them out as being as being unrighteous and Job is asserting his righteousness. Yep. So now we look at it, um, Job chapter 7, Job continues his, his self-pity talk. Mm-hmm. And then... Job 7.21, um, I'll start in 20. It says, Have I sinned? What have I done to you, O watcher of men? Why have you set me as your target so that I am a burden to myself? Why then do you not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? Whoa, Job. For now I will lie down in the dust, and you will seek me, but I will not be. Okay, so this is the beginning of Job getting agitated. Right. And it's understandable, you know? It's not like, you know... Oh, from a human perspective, absolutely. It's not coming out of left field, let's say. No. Joe, uh, Job does make some hasty arguments and assertions. Mm-hmm. And eventually he just starts outright accusing God of being wrong. Which is why... Yes. In the last few chapters, God comes down in a whirlwind and is like, hey. So, I was in a Bible study recently where they talked about it. The The ultimate problem here that Job has is that he becomes self-righteous. Right. That's what the Lord was calling out here. Um, because notice how fast everything was moving until... Job started getting self-righteous and wanting to take God to court. Right. The end of chapter 7. Have I sinned? What have I done to you, O watcher of men? That's a rhetorical question. Job hasn't done that much. Okay? The first two chapters of Job are pretty clear about Job's character, okay? Right. Let's keep that in mind. That's scriptural. Job's a pretty good dude. Right. So when God... Job, yeah, God, go even, yeah God even calls Job a pretty good dude, you know? Yeah. God, God calls Job, comparatively with the rest of humanity, a pretty good dude. Right. So when Job's saying, oh, have I sinned? What have I done to you? Part of it is, Lord, tell me what I did, out of exasperation. But the other part of it is, Lord, I haven't done anything. You and I both know this. So he's asking what happened. And then you got Bildad. And Bildad basically just says, Job, just just repent. Like, you're just being dumb. Uh, Job 8.3, does God pervert justice or does the Almighty pervert what is right? Again, what the friends are saying here is not entirely inaccurate. It's inaccurate to the situation of Job. Right. It's what they're saying here. The basic pre, uh, presupposition uh, of of the, of the friends here is that God is just, which they aren't wrong in that, you know. Mm-hmm. God is just. God is know? absolutely just. However, in this situation, they are not taking everything into consideration. 
No, they're not. Partially because they don't know the entire situation. No, they don't. They don't know the entire situation. Which, you know... They, they never asked. They never asked. Guys, the Book of Job is an excellent study on how to not do counseling. Right. <laughs> like we said in the first part of Job, the best three thing his three friends do is go, is come to him. Like, they set an appointment and come to him. Mm-hmm. And just sit there for a week with him in silence. That was actually a really good thing that they did. I wish more people would realize that. Yeah. Um, that was actually right. That was right. Now, by no means are we saying that if you have a friend suffering, that you do not help them, you know, work through it. Oh, well, you right? better help them. You don't help. It's not, we're not saying you help them work through it. You don't help them work through it. We are saying that in the case of Job's three friends, mm-hmm. inferring and accusing him of wrongdoing when they know he's probably the best guy in the world right now, kind of a bad move. That's a bad move. <laughs> yeah. Um, you look at Job chapter 9, verse 2. It says, In truth I know this to be so, but how can be a man be right before God? If one wished to dispute with him, he could not answer him a thousand times. Job, you should have taken your own advice there, buddy. Because that's exactly what Job does. Um, But then you get to Job chapter 10, and he says, I loathe my my own life. I will give full vent to my complaint. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say to God, do not condemn me. Let... Me know why you contend with me. But, 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 but. Verse 9 3 of the previous chapter, he says, is one, If one wished to dispute with him, he could not answer once in a thousand times. So within a chapter, God, uh, Job is already saying, Let me know why you contend with me. Is it right for you indeed to oppress, to reject the labor of your hands, to look favorably on the schemes of the wicked? And then. Job should have just taken his own advice, bro. Yeah. Uh, and then Zophar. Zophar is a jerk. Zophar is a jerk. You know, um, Cut this man off. You know, we're uh, Bildad and Eliphaz seem to infer and suggest and basically indirectly accuse Job of... Mm-hmm. Wrongdoing, Zophar just comes out and like straight up says, "Job, you did something. Yeah. Repent." Uh, Job eleven seven. Can you discover the depths of God? Can you discover the limits of the Almighty? Um, you go look at verse two. It says, "Shall a multitude of words go unanswered, and a talkative man be acquitted? Shall your boast silence man? Shall you scoff?" He's just like, dude, you suck. 11-11. Uh, Surely he knows which people are worthless. If he sees iniquity, will he not take note of it? Oh, yeah. So far, it's basically just going off on Job. And it's just like, hey, you did something wrong. Repent. Mm-hmm. And then Job responds. He says, well, truly then you are the people, and with you wisdom will die. So Job's in full-on argument mode. Right. Uh, And then, I love this passage, Job 12.4. He basically just says, Ah, 
I'm a joke to my friends. The one who called on God and he answered him, the just and blameless man, is a joke. He's, talk, he, he's talking about himself, guys. This right. is self-deprecation. You're right. <coughs> um, so he's basically just saying, woe is me, I'm terrible, I'm a joke, I'm terrible. 12.6 The tents of the robbers are safe, and there is... And those who trouble God are secure. God holds them in his hands. He's basically saying, I am nothing to God, and uh, the, guy who, the guy who does everything wrong is everything to God. Which, by the way, Joe, bro, calm yourself. Uh, he, needs, he needs to take a chill pill. Joe ain't no nothing here. Um... And then he continues, and he says, he, you know, still all hope with God. Um, and then he starts talking about death. Uh, yeah, fourteen, fourteen. If a man dies, will he live again? All the days of my struggle, I will wait until my change comes. So he knows what's going to happen. Um, my transgression is sealed up in a bag, and you wrap up, you wrap up my iniquity. Okay, uh, 1422, but his body pains him and he mourns only for himself. Then Eliphaz comes back into the picture in chapter 15. Right. Uh, and he says, Should a wise man answer with windy knowledge and fill himself with the east wind? Should he argue with useless talk or with words which are not profitable? Indeed, you do away with reverence and hinder meditation before God. So basically, Eliphaz is saying, Job, actually, you don't even fear God. Right. Um, and then Job replies in the next chapter. Uh, this is a great discussion, guys. Right, this is great. Um, you know what? Uh, Y'all, while God disapproves of what Job says in these chapters... He doesn't disapprove of Job struggling with what he's gone through. <coughs> Excuse me. No. Um, I mean, God's the one who sent it, right? Right. Well, I guess he, he, he said to Satan, you can do it. Yeah. Just don't hurt him. Right. Um, or kill him, anyway. Uh, chapter 16. So Job answers Eliphaz. He says, I have heard many things, such things. Sorry, comforters are you all. Right. Um, very, very. He's telling them, "Wow, you guys are terrible." You, yeah, you guys are miserable comforters. Mm -hmm. So basically, Job's saying, "Here I am in the midst of this graded trial, and y'all ain't doing anything to help." Yeah. Um, and then he says. Uh, God hands me over to ruffians and tosses me into the hands of the wicked and blah, 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 blah. He's really just getting mad at God and mad at his friends. Um, chapter 17, it says, My spirit is broken. My days are extinguished. The grave is just ready for me. Woe is me. Woe is me. I just want to die. Okay, guys, remember, Joe is depressed. Right. He has lost everything. He, he has lost so much. Right. Let's be real here. If you 
were an upright person, you did the right things, you did what the Lord commands, you did what the Bible tells you to do, right. and then you lose your kids, you lose your livestock, you lose your home, your friends come over, they start dishing on you, and you're literally sitting in an ash pit because of all of your sores and boils. Yeah, hold on. Let's go back to that for a second. Uh, so, just imagine this, y'all. You know, first of all, losing everything you own would be just a breeding ground for depression, right? Mm-hmm. Then, on top of that, on top of lose, Job losing everything he owns, he loses his kids, y'all. Yeah. He, he had ten kids who he saw... From their first steps to their them growing up, he yeah. sacrificed for them all, and he was just. No wonder he's depressed. Yeah. He his kids are dead. His livestock is either captured or destroyed. Mm-hmm. He he's you know basically sick beyond any any doctor's com- capability to heal. It's no wonder. And, I would be a little upset too, honestly. And, and to add, and to add the sprinkles on top of this misery Sunday. Yeah. We talk about food a lot here. We do talk about food a lot. His wife comes up and to him and says, "How are you still the way you are? Curse God and die." Pretty much. Then his friends come in and say, "The heck did you do, bro?" Yeah. God. This is not the right thing to do, guys. This is not the right... Uh, immediately accusing somebody of wrongdoing is not the right move, y'all. And we don't even know how long this conversation lasted. This conversation is written like it might have happened in a day. Right. This back and forth. I mean, seriously. You look at chapter 18 now. So Bill Dad comes back in. Oh, Bill Dad. Oh, Billy. Uh, he says, how long will you... Hunt for words, show understanding, and then we can talk. Holy smokes, Bildad. Why are we regarded as beasts, as stupid in your eyes? Or you tear uh, yourself in anger, for your sake is the earth to be abandoned, or the rock to be moved from its place. Um, indeed, the light of the wicked goes out, and the flame of his fire gives no light. So basically, Bildad is saying God punishes the wicked. Um, and Job replies to Bildad, he says, How long will you torment me and crush me with your words? These ten times you have insulted me, you are not ashamed to wrong me. Kind of a bad friend, honestly. Even if I truly err, uh, erred, my error lodges with me. If indeed you vaunt yourselves against me and prove my disgrace to me, know that God has wronged me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Joe, bro, chill. If indeed you find yourselves against me and prove my disgrace to me, know then God has wronged me and his clothes does not around me. But in, you know, chapter 9 he says, who are we to question God, right? Right. Um, and you can see Job just coming off the rails here, you know. Job is full-blown lost it. And then Zophar speaks in chapter 20. Therefore, my disquieting thoughts make me respond, even because of my inward agitation. He's mad at Job, is what he's saying. I listen to the reproof, which insults me, and the spirit of my understanding makes me answer. 
Do you know this from all from of old from the establishment of man on earth that the triangle blah 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 um, boy these three friends are going in on Joe for no reason um, he's Zophar starts saying that the the wicked will suffer um, then Job answers Zophar pay. Pay close attention to my words. Mm-hmm. Let this be the consolation you offer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let this be the way of consolation. Bear with me that I may speak, that after I spoke, spoken you may mock. Um, they probably cut him off at some point. Is why he's getting agitated. Right. Um, verse 4, he says, this is interesting. As for me, is my complaint to man, and why should I not be impatient? He's questioning God, guys. All right. He's questioning God this whole time. He's questioning God, and as it goes on, the, you can see the, the questioning of God starts to become... Really comes up. Yeah. He's... Oh, man. As, like, as, as through these chapters, through this debate Job is having with his friends... The questions he points towards God directly become sharper and more accusatory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Job just gets absolutely out of line. Yeah. And then Aliphaz comes back. Uh, can a vigorous man be of use to God or a wise man be useful to himself? Is there any pleasure... This is in chapter 22, by the way. Is there any ch- pleasure to the Almighty if you are righteous or profit if you make your ways perfect? Uh, it is, is it because of your reverence that he reproves you? There's a lot of rhetorical questions going on here. Guys, remember, not everything they're saying here is bad. A lot of it is, in a lot of cases, truth. It's just that the way that they're going about it is in a... Not the most loving manner. Right. And not even correct to the situation. And then Job chapter 23 gets hairy. Even today my complaint is rebellion. His hand is heavy despite my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, God, that I might come to his seat. I would present my case before him. Whoa. I would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would learn the words which he would answer and perceive what he would say to me. Would he contend with me by the greatness of his power? No, surely he would pay attention to me. There the upright would reason with them and I would be delivered forever from my judge. Behold, I go out, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he acts on the left, I cannot behold him. When he turns on the right, I cannot see him. But he knows the way I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot has held fast to his path. I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the command of his lips, and I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. But he is unique, and who can turn for him? And what his soul desires, that he does. For he performs which is anointed for me, 
and many such decrees are with him. Therefore I would be dismayed at his presence when I considered I am terrified of him. Is it God who has made me my heart faint, and the Almighty who dismayed me? Uh, it is God, sorry. Uh, but I am not silenced by the darkness, nor the deep gloom which covers me. Holy cow, Zach. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, verse 16. God has made my heart faint. The Almighty has terrified me. You know, Bruh. Proverbs says that the beginning of knowledge is, or the be the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. So, yikes! As we get Joe, man. as we get closer and closer to Elihu's response and God's response, mm -hmm. like to the end of this debate, actually, Job is just like sending like dagger after dagger after dagger, accusation after accusation, mm -hmm. in God's direction, because humanly speaking. If because he does not know mm -hmm. why God has done this, Job is basically saying, Job is rightly asking why God is doing this. He's like, that's the basic premise of what Job is saying. He's asking why God has done this, right? Which isn't a bad thing, y'all. But he's wanting to take God to court, questioning his decisions. Right. That's where he's getting wrong. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. Like Zach said, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, God, why did this thing happen? I, I just, you know, genuinely curious. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with struggling with the idea of people suffering, or suffering in the world, evil in the world. That it happens, bro. It happens, yes. The wrong comes when you... Just be like, okay, it's God's fault that there is evil in the world. It's God's fault that I am suffering in this way. Y'all... Oh, Job. Be careful. But now, put yourself in the... You hear this huge monologue from Job about how God's wrong and I'm right, and blah, 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 blah. The friends are probably sitting there in shock. Right. But look at the next few chapters. Chapter 25 is oh. six verses long. Right. And what does Bildad say? Uh, Bildad the Shuhite says, Dominion and awe belong to him who establishes peace in his heights. Is there any number to his troops, and upon whom does his light not rise? How then can a man be just with God? Or how can he be clean who is born of woman. Even the moon has no brightness, and the stars are not pure in the sight. How much l less man that maggot and the son of man that worm. Who man. Job goes off in it again. He says, uh, God's majesty is unsearchable. Um, and, and Job just starts talking. Uh, he keeps going. He's saying, I, I'm so smart, I'm just amazing. Um, and then he summarizes his defense. Chapter 29. Go for it. If only I could it be as in months gone by, and the days when God watched over me. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Joe ain't there anymore. Right. So. But look at verse thirty, uh, chapter thirty, verse one. It says, "But now those younger than I mock me, whose father I disdained to put with the dogs on my flock." Now he's just like, "I'm, I'm just terrible. What, what is happening?" And then Job makes his final appeal. Right. And thirty-one, verse forty. Let the briars grow instead of wheat, and stinkweed instead of barley. The words of Job are ended. So Job is just like, I'm done. Uh, ver yeah, verse 35. All that I had one to hear me, behold, here's my signature. Let the Almighty answer me and the indictment which my adversary has written. Whoo! He straight up took God to court. Right. He wants a response from God, y'all. And then look at Elihu. All right. Elihu. Oh, my man. My man. My man, Elihu, man. He's got four chapters of... Straight up, just like... Owning. suck. Yeah. Oh, man. So, verse 32... Verse 1, chapter 32, verse 1. Then the three, uh, then these three men ceased answering Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. So he becomes self-righteous, like we said before. But the anger of Elihu, the son of Barakal, the Buzite, family of Ram. Hmm. Family of Ram. Mm -hmm. Burned. Uh, it burned against Job. His anger burned because he justified himself before God. And his anger burned against his three friends because they found no answer and yet had condemned Job. Now Elihu waited to speak to Job because they were older than him, basically. And now he gets upset. Right. Cha uh, yeah, ver chapter 32, verse 7. I thought age should speak and increased years should teach wisdom. But it is spirit in man, and breath of the Almighty that gives him understanding. The abundant in years may not be wise, nor the elders understand justice. So, so I say, listen to me, I too will tell what I think. Behold, I waited for your words, I listened to your reasonings, and pondered while well, you pondered what to say. I even paid a close attention to you. Indeed, there was no one who refuted Job, not one of you who answered his words. Do not say we found wisdom. God will rout him, not man. For he has not arranged his words against me, nor will I reply to him with your arguments. They are dismayed. They no longer answer. Words have failed them. Shall I wait because they do not speak, because they stop and no longer answer? I too will answer my share. I also will tell my opinion, for I am full of words. The spirit within me constrains me. Behold, my belly is like unvented what? wine like new wineskins it is about to burst let me speak that i might get relief let me open my lips and answer let me now be partial to no one nor flatter any man for i do not know how to flatter else my maker would soon take me away Ooh. yo so yo Elihu isn't mentioned when Job's three friends come up initially. Mm -hmm. um, 
although I would s- suspect, and it, I think it's implied, that Elihu has been here nearly the entire time. Yeah. If Well, he has to, yeah. At, at least for the entirety of the, the debate. So we do not know when Elihu comes walking up. It could be, you know, sometime during that week they all were silent and he just joins in in the silence. And then he just sits back and listens to these four old men just sit there. Baker. Yeah, sit there and argue. These guys ain't know nothing. Elihu then rebukes Job, verse uh, chapter 33. However, Job, please hear my speech and listen to all my words. Behold, I open my mouth and my tongue in my mouth speaks. Um, Oh my goodness. Surely you've spoken in my hearing and I have found the sound, uh, heard the sound of your words. Uh, Yeah. I have heard the sound of your words, Job's words being, I am pure. This is verse 9. I am pure without transgression. I am innocent. There is no guilt in me. Um, well, if you look at verse 12, Behold, let me tell you, you are not right in this, for God is greater than man. That is Elihu's argument the whole time. Verse 13. Why do you take him to court for not answering anything a person asks? Yeah. So, Elihu says, God is greater than man, and then asks Job a very, like, pointed question. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, God is greater than man. Why are you asking for him to do stuff for you? Yeah. Look at chapter 34, verse 2. Hear my words, you wise men, and listen to me, you who know. For the ear tests words as the palate tastes food. Let us choose for ourselves what is right. Let us know among ourselves what is good. For Job has said, I am righteous, but God has taken away my right. Should I lie concerning my right? My wound is incurable, though I am without transgression. What man is like Job, who drinks up derision like water, who goes in company with the work, with the workers of iniquity and walks with wicked men? For he has said, it profits man nothing when he is pleased with God. Therefore listen to me, you men of understanding. Far be it from God to do wickedness, for the Almighty to do wrong. Not only is Job taking God to court about allowing something to happen, Job is outright asserting that God did evil to Job. Right. Job should know better. Verse 29 of uh, of chapter 34. But when God is silent, who can declare him guilty? Mm -hmm. When he hides his face, who can see him? Yeah, he watches Ooh. over both nation individuals and nations. Ooh. Elihu comes up with some good points here, y'all. He's got some zingers. Chapter 35, Elihu just keeps it coming. Do you think this is according to justice? Chapter 35, verse 2. Do you say my righteousness is more than God's? Ooh, burn. For you say, what advantage will it be to you? What profit will I have more than if I had sinned? Uh, The answer is, Job, um, your righteousness ain't better. I'm sorry, buddy. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you look at the end of it. There we go. I was, that's the verse I was looking for. Uh, verse 16. So Job opens his mouth emptily. He multiplies words without knowledge. Verse 13 of chapter 35. Indeed, God does not listen to empty cries, and the Almighty does not take note of it. Mm. So, basically, Oof. Elihu is just like go, laying in the Job and his three friends. I know he's like... He you just know, kills him, man. I know he's like talking directly to Job, but I think his three friends are like equally as burned here. Oh, they're all... They all are burned. Oh, man. Elihu just keeps going here. Right. He, he extols God's greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 36, 4, for my words are not false. One who is perfect in knowledge is with you. Uh, you go to verse uh, chapter 37, keeps proclaiming God's majesty, listen closely to the thunder of his voice and the rumbling that goes out from his mouth. This is a beautiful passage, by the way, guys. God thunders with his voice wondrously, doing great things which we cannot comprehend. Oh, man. Verse, this... verse 14 of chapter 37. Mm. Listen to this, Job. Stop and consider God's wonders. Hey guys, let me read something to you a different way. That same passage. Let me read it a different way. Listen to this, O hearer. Stand and consider the wonders of God. Listen to this, O Job. Uh, Listen to this, O Zach. Listen to this, O Nathan. Listen to this, O listener to the podcast. Right. Listen Listen up, guys. Stand and consider the wonders of God. Do you know how God establishes them and makes lightning of his clouds to shine? Hey, do you know about the layers of the thick clouds? Hey, uh, can you with them spread out the skies strong as molten mirror? Oh, 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 well, you know what? You know what, Job? You know what, listener? Teach us what, I, what we shall say to him. We cannot arrange our case because of darkness. Uh, Job, you're so almighty and everything. You know what? You tell me. Shall it be told him what? That I should speak, or should a man say that he should be, uh, he would be swallowed up? The Almighty, we cannot find him. This is verse twenty-three. He is exalted in power, and he will not do violence and justice. Uh, he will not do violence to justice and abundant righteousness. Therefore, men will fear him. He does not regard any who are wise of heart. Ooh. Gosh, y'all. Hey, can I ask a question? Can I give an answer? Yes. Then ask away. How many times are we just like Job? Too many times to count. And we got the book. Right. We don't even have an excuse. Y'all. Let's appreciate Elihu here, guys. Appreciated. Yeah, because Elihu is someone I, I I like to view as the odd man out in this whole se- sequence. Mm-hmm. Not only is he a younger man than Joe and his friends, I, I think that's implied in the text. It's, yeah, it said it. Yeah. yeah. But 
he's not even one of Job's friends. He's not even listed as one of Job's friends that comes up. Yep. He stays silent throughout most of the debate. Then he just absolutely loses it for the right reasons. He confronts it correctly. Yeah. He's never rebuked by God. Right. Elihu was never rebuked. And in chapter 37 alone, I, I just noticed this, y'all, as I was reading, as I was reading through it. Mm-hmm. A lot of what Elihu says is, a, is eerily similar to what God says to Job. It pretty much is. A lot of what Elihu said uh, isn't necessarily restated because it's God. It all originates from him, but it's definitely affirmed. Right. Oh, man. Now, now um, we are saving the last uh, five chapters here for a separate episode. Yeah. With the one and only David Pierce. Our, pa- the pastor of our, our church. Mm. That's amazing. Ooh. Um, you got hiccups there, buddy. Yeah, pardon me for that, guys. Oh, my gosh. It's okay, I can burp too. Oh, that was really sad. That was a failure. That was a failure, just like Job. Oh, okay. <laughs> Job wasn't a failure. His friends? His yeah. friends, yeah. Okay. Whew. Uh, a question for you, Nathan. Yes, Zachary. Let's say someday I lose everything I own. I lose all my kids. What should you do? Worship God. Worship God? But what should you, Nathan, as my friend do? Should you come in oh. and say, Zach, what the heck did you do? No. Well, Are you asking what should I do? Yeah, what should you as my friend do? What after? should I do as your friend? Right. So your wife dies, your kids dies, you lose everything? Hmm. I'm going to say... I'm going to show up. I'm going to be the first person at your door. I'm going to give you a big hug. We're just going to hang out. We don't have to say anything to each other. We're just going to be there. We're going to exist. Right. And then, instead of being like Job's friends and saying, Hey, you're wrong. I'm going to say, Hey, you know what? Maybe God did this for a reason. Maybe God's allowing this for a reason, for a purpose. What's he trying to teach you? Right. I have a real life uh, scenario of this that I can tell you. Yeah. Actually. Um, I'll leave names out of it because we ain't naming anything here. Uh, But a few years back, uh, this was during COVID. Very good friend of mine's mother passed away unexpectedly. Very unexpectedly. And the friend and I, you know, we hung out a lot in that time. We went out, we did everything. I was with him. I went to all the funeral stuff. Uh, One of the few people, me and another buddy of mine, were one of the few people that were with him when everything happened. We didn't say much. I mean, what do you say? Exactly. There's nothing that's going to make that better. You lost his mom. Right? Right. And now... 
we're coming off that, and a few weeks later, I'm at work. A lady comes up to me and says, You know, Nathan, I don't understand why God, God would allow something like this to happen. I mean, the mother was the caretaker of the family. The husband was just not a husband, I'll just say that. Yeah, uh, he was not a good person. No. But the mom dies. Why did the mom die? That was the question that was asked me. I didn't have an answer. Right. I will confess, I did not have an answer. And I thought of it, I prayed on it, and I said, boy, I really struggled with this. And at the end of the day, I went up to her and I said, look, I'm not going to pretend to understand why. But what I can say is, with everything that happens, God's got a lesson. What's the lesson? Yep. The lesson is, A, don't question God. Don't become self-righteous. Okay, that's the immediate application. But look at God builds character in his children. God reproves his children. He is our father. And the lesson here is God's going to use whatever means necessary that he allows to happen to get through to your thick skull who he is. Right. Yeah. Um, I have an example of this too. Um, mm. uh, again, we'll leave names out of it because... Yes. Names don't need to be named. You don't need to know everything about a certain situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a while back, a similar situation to your buddy... I had a buddy whose dad passed away super unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what I did for him, Nathan? What'd you do? Like, a few days after it happened, I went over to his house, didn't, didn't t- say anything about it. We just sat in his living room on his couch and played Smash Bros. Yep. So we did. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Probably what he needed. Y'all, sometimes this life gets heavy. And sometimes all your friends need is for you to play Smash Bros. with them. Right? Yeah. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be representative of the gospel. Right. Sometimes being a representative means just exist. Just be there. Right. Okay, if you're really friends with them, they're gonna know you're a Christian. They're, They're gonna know you're saved. If you're just there for them, you know how much that speaks to them, Zach. Right. My friend that this happened to, I'm sure this is the same situation for your friend. Mm-hmm. Just existing right. in that moment in time meant more to them than anything that I could have said. Right. Guarantee it. Uh-huh. And, y'all, I can tell you that me and Nathan have been there for each other and it's through some tough times as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and sometimes, y'all, I think what we can take away from Job chapter 3, in particular, Mm. is, and really this entire debate, is sometimes not only do you just need to exist, sometimes you just need to be that person 
that your friends can vent to. Yep. Just go there. Just the only thing you have to say is, "Hey, buddy, I'm here for you." Hey, Nathan, I'm here for you. Hey, Zach, I'm here for you. Yeah, and I and I and then if they go on a big rant, a massive tirade of why, basically, I'm asking why. Mm-hmm. Let them speak, and just remain calm throughout all of it. And remind them God's truth, man. Yeah. And was that? Actually, I have one more thing. Ooh. I, I, just, I have one more thing. Just one more thing. You, you said earlier that God has to get things through our schools sometimes. Yeah. Um, y'all, the one of the biggest lessons I I've seen I see in Job is sometimes. Well, we ha- yeah there are not sometimes there are lessons in life we need to learn you know yep and there are two options the easy way or the hard way mm. and sometimes most of the time you can learn things the easy way you know most of the time most of the time and you want to know something I think God wants us to learn things the easy way yeah. You think he wants to go through the hard way with you? Yeah. No. And yeah, I, I, I think, I think most of the time, if if God could choose for us, he would choose the easy way for us, so we can just have the lesson and learn. Yeah. But every once in a while, there is just a snippet. There's just that one lesson where we've refused to learn, and God's like, okay. The hard way it is. Been there, done that. Multiple times. Sometimes we choose the hard way for ourselves, y'all. And sometimes God just picks us up and is just like, okay, you force me into this and just throws us mm-hmm. into that, you know. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me. Yeah. It re- I, I don't know if y'all have seen this, but there is a clip out there of John Wayne talking to a kid mm-hmm. and the kid's like oh I don't know how to swim and John and John Wayne's like you don't know how to swim and the kid's like no and John Wayne's just like okay time to learn picks the kid up throws, throws him in gotta learn sometime buddy and that's what God does God just sometimes is, sometimes he needs to do it that way sometimes God just picks us up and is like okay sink or swim mm. but he's always gonna keep his children safe right it may not feel safe. It might feel like a roller coaster. It might it might feel like every moment is just pure agony. But trust me, guys. God's good. And he'll make it better. And you know what? Every day you wake up is another blessing from God. Yep. And with that, we'll call it a wrap. Yep. Be excited for the next episode, y'all. You I, better be. We are we are excited, I know. Mm. Alrighty. Peace. Peace out. <laughs>